Shout out to the mighty who that nation, man. We in this thing. Appreciate the great same thing. Thank for representing. We up in this thing. Much love to the fam, man. We've seen a couple of times this season, Jameis come out to do the, the kneel downs. And I believe it was early on in the season. We saw Derek do it early on. Is there something that is there? There's, there's not really anything involved in that. Yeah. I mean, we just put Jameis out there to go take those snaps. So, that's all it was. Derek uh, mentioned that he had had two previous rib fractures. So I, I can't remember if ribs was ever on the injury report, but when when did they occur and, and why was it not? Oh, um, yeah, I I really don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, I'm going to assume that this, you know, all started back in Green Bay. Um, but Man, come on, bro. Come on, hit him, boost. Hey, bro, come on now, dog. Come on, man. You don't know. You the head coach of the team. You don't know when your starting quarterback developed the rib injuries. Dennis Allen. This is a. Uh, uh, this is what the. This is the face of a lying, a lying possum. This is what it looks like. This is why we get on them. Just tell the truth. The reason why they can't keep it real and shout out is once again it's Mike Triplett. Mike Triplett always asking the good questions. We got a trophy coming for you, Mike. Mike hitting the, always hits the underline, hits the questions. When did he, Mike let Mike, see Mike Triplett all, we, we know what time all of this is. Why didn't he appear on the injury list? I don't have an answer for it because he knows that's a fine. The Saints will get fined for leaving out injuries to their quarterback off the injury list. That's a fine. The Saints have been known to do that. And I, you know, more than likely the NFL's paying attention. There's, there's a fine coming. I wouldn't count on it, but there's a fine more than likely around here somewhere because that's what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to add that in there. We've been saying this about this guy's dealing with issues because you can look how he carries himself every time he gets thrown on the ground, how he holds his arm close to his body like that. You know, it's just very obvious. But for him to sit up here and just, I don't know when it happened. 
you the head coach of the team, you have access to all the medical records of all your players. At any given time, you can go to the medical de- 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 department, have them to send off some information to you or go into the team's private server that they have all this medical information that he can pull it up on his computer. Any player that he wants to know about, if he has a question for the trainers or the doctors, the team doctors, he can pull up all that information or have a direct phone call with these people. They're not w- running around here with paper files and all this kind of stuff. It's electronic. It's very easy to use for him to lie like this. That just shows you what Dennis Allen is. And Mike Triplett once again hit him. And notice when the question was asked, how he tensed up because he knew it was coming. I can't remember if Ribs was ever on the injury report, but when, when did they occur and, and why was it not? Oh, um, yeah, I I really don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, I'm going to assume that this, you know, all started back in Green Bay. Um, but I I can't give you an answer to that because I, I, I don't know the exact answer. I mean, as to what it was. I assume that. It's a lying possum, y'all. Y'all really, people really believe that Dennis Allen didn't know when Derek Carr got broken ribs in Green Bay. That he knew everything else except for the break, the broken ribs. His quarterback has broken ribs and he don't, I didn't know anything about it. I don't know. I can't give you an answer for that. What a lying possum this guy is, man. But the thing is, Jameis went, see, the, the point of the matter is that that should have happened then. Jameis should have been put in for the Green Bay game, and if you shut Carr down and let him heal, he'd be more than likely ready to go around this time. It's been some time since the Green Bay game. It's been, what, two months? I want to say, what, it's been two months since the Green Bay game? You know? Three broken ribs this guy has. And remember, it was Carr that told you it wasn't the Saints. Now, you know what the reason could be that Carr t- told people that not to not to garner some sympathy, but try to kind of let you know that he's dealing with a little bit more than what's going on. We know that he's dealing with more than just the shoulder issue. Like when that guy planted him in the ground, like what he did him the other day and knocked him out of the game, and he deal with it, say he was dealing with back and all that. And Mike Triplett is being kind on it, saying that they had a rib listing. I don't remember a rib listing being anywhere on any of these injury lists until this was said by Derek Carr the other day. I don't remember hearing any of that. But the point of the matter is we've been saying that this dude had busted ribs because you can look at it. And they've been hiding information. I've been saying that now the truth always comes to light, man. It always does. That means, though, that ribs were never something that took him out of a practice snap or or made him questionable. No, it's really been, you know, the shoulder or the concussion. Dennis, uh, go ahead, Ed. Coach, it's not often you win in this league when you give up two. So they move on from the, the question, but it's mostly been the shoulder or whatever he, the shoulder, whatever, but not, not the ribs. And he even speaks about the fact that having busted ribs do not impact your play. Of course it does. But see, the light is, why would they stick with Carr over Jameis Winston if you got all this stuff going on? The concussions is, a, is enough for me to be fearful of the man's mental health going into the rest of his career. You know, I would be more focused. I am more concerned about Derek Carr's health than Dennis Allen is. I am more concerned about Derek Carr's health than Dennis Allen is. Derek Carr should not be playing games right now. He shouldn't be playing. Not because, but the concussion issue is serious. And the Saints didn't protect Carr well in the matchup. He still got bopped around. Now, he did hold on the ball one time too much, but they were still guys shooting in there knocking them around. 
And you could kind of say Carr was maybe could do some stuff because he's supposed to be able to see when the blitz is coming and then make, you know, and then audible out a slide protections, do something when you see them coming and be able to adjust from that the best way you can to protect yourself. Get rid of the ball a little faster so you don't have to take the hits, you know, do something like that to protect yourself. But in the end, I don't think Derek Carr should be playing, man. I really don't. I think it's extremely careless, and I think it's extremely dangerous for Dennis Allen to have Derek Carr out there playing quarterback for the Saints. But they spent $150 million. See, this is this is the thing. Dennis Allen is not because he loves Carr so much. No, he's tied his ship to Derek Carr. He gave him all. He, he, he told him that this is the guy. $154 million, four years, whatever it is. And he gave it to him and said, this is the guy that's going to take us there. And they're going to, they're going to tie him up on the ship and they're going to sink or swim with Derek Carr at the quarterback, regardless of what's going on with his body or his mind. And that's cold blooded out of this world. I thought we supposed to be protecting these guys. I thought we supposed to be protecting the players from themselves. How was this protecting Derek Carr from himself? How is serving Derek Carr up to the opposite team? And even Carolina, a team that's one in 12 right now, was still able to knock them around. They still they got to, got to him and knocked him around and knocked him on the ground. A couple of times he got put, put on the ground pretty hard. So I'm like, why do that? With, and you have a full range of medical issues that you can you be totally valid for if you put them on, you know, set them down for a couple of games for him to heal up. Like there's you got the ribs that he talked about that he had because the Saints would have never admitted that if Derek Carr didn't say that we knew it. And we were saying it the whole damn the whole damn time that the dude got busted ribs or something going on with his ribs. He's either broken or busted ribs. That's what I would say. That's what I was saying. Shout out to Tragic, too, because he was yelling it, too. I'm like, man, something wrong here. This guy can't even throw the deep ball. His best throw he's throwing. He's under throwing. The wide receivers with his best throw. I said, something wrong here. You can see it in his style of play. So it's just par for the course with this team. So a fine, if the NFL paying attention, a fine should be coming to the Saints for that. And they really need to reevaluate, which they won't. They won't. But your season, according to Dennis Allen's mentality, four games remaining left in the NFL season. And, and uh, Dennis Allen is sitting up here, you know, saying that broken ribs will not impact this place, either the shoulder or whatnot. This dude got three reasons why he should be set down, and he refused to do it. So he got all of Let me just run it out again. He has three broken ribs, three broken ribs, two concussions in 21 days, and a tore-up shoulder. But he would. I'm going to put him out there, and we got a healthy Jameis Winston. That ain't dealing with none of that right now. Who knows the system better than Carr? I can understand you having, you know, second thoughts if you're if you had Jake Hayner as the guy because Jake Hayner's a rookie, but you have a guy that's a veteran quarterback that's been with the Saints three years, knows the system better than the guy that they got in there, but you would rather put him up in front of everybody and make him the quarterback despite all of the stuff that can possibly go wrong with Carr. I mean, if he gets another concussion. That that's that they're gonna have they they can't avoid that they're gonna have to shut him down. Three concussions in a month. I mean, and he got games. I mean, you got Thibodeau, Kevon Thibodeau, who the Giants got. They can get after you. Then in the then the short week against the Rams, 
you got you know who that is and that you you remember that guy oh my goodness i hate to think about what's gonna go on in that ram guy in that ram games if the saints can't block you know who the big interior defensive lineman and aaron donald that gets everywhere anywhere could you imagine what he's gonna do oh my goodness to car with the saints and how they block aaron donald oh my goodness man but usually, historically speaking, the Saints usually do pretty decently against Aaron Donald. I don't know about it this year. You know, so like I said, I would just err on the side of caution and set and shut Carr down and prepare and prep Jameis for, I would say, that for the next two to three weeks. Prep Jameis for it and let him get in there and play. Because this is this is not going to work uh, for, for Carr with all of those issues. And we know him and they know him. The teams know that he has busted ribs that he's playing with and all these issues. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to get in there and get shots on him. Look what Carolina, like I said, Carolina was getting shots on Derek Carr. Getting shots on him, knocking around, knocking him on the ground, hitting him hard. The guy grabbed him by the scruff of his jersey and brung him down face forward, face first into the turf. He landed face first in that turf with his face mask hitting that turf. This is a guy that got multiple concussions and they letting that happen to him. Dennis Allen, man. You boy, you got you, you. I'm telling you, man, you want to talk about a coach, man. This dude is super selfish to do that to Carr. Carr don't know nobody, just a quarterback. He's an athlete. He wants to play. But Dennis Allen is going to do this to this dude with all these, all these issues. And he told me he got broken ribs now. That is horrible to do that to that dude. That is totally wrong, man. That is wrong to do that to him. Totally wrong. 204 yards rushing. Yeah. But, you know, how how big a negative was that, do you think, and how fixable is it? Well, look, I, in terms of run defense, I'd say the number one thing we've got to do is we've got to do a better job in terms of space tackling. Um, you know, when, when you really look at the game, you know, there's a couple opportunities that we have a chance to get a player, whether it be the quarterback or whether it be the running back or whether it be the receiver on the reverse – that we have potential opportunities to get a guy down in space. And I think that's really where we've, you know, had our biggest issues is um, space tackling. Um, and so, look, we've got to continue to work on that, um, you know, where we can get guys down in a, you know, open environment and minimize gains. Um, because when you look at our run defense, you'd say, there's a lot of plays that are really good, um, and then we have, you know, a couple of plays that we we miss a tackle in space, and those are things that become, uh, you know, explosive plays. So um, I do think that we need to be better in terms of controlling the line of scrimmage, knocking the line of scrimmage back, being able to get off blocks. Um, I think that's something that we have to uh, be better at. I think, you know, it's hard to win in our league when a team is – one-dimensional, you know, so whether it be they're one-dimensional in the passing game and they're gaining a lot of passing yards and they can't run the ball or vice versa, uh, which I think was the case uh, in the game yesterday, they were a one-dimensional team. Um, they, they, and they were able to run the ball a little bit. Uh, but I also think that's, you know, difficult to score a lot of points uh, just through the running game. You know, you're going to have to throw ball, throw the ball in our league to, score any significant amount of points. So is it is it a concern? Yeah, it's a concern. We need to be better there. Um, but um, I thought overall, you know, 
look, they were 3.8 yards per offensive play. So, you know, overall it was it was a pretty good defensive performance. No, no. Now, can they be better there? Absolutely. You know, um, I think the longest run, I don't think we fit it up exactly how we needed to. We have an opportunity to get a guy down at about, you know, 10 or 12 yards. And you don't like that, but yet, you know, you can, you can survive. Um, but we, we've got to, we got to minimize those being, you know, um, you know, 40 or 50 yard gains. Lynn Mountain is not like a guy you look at his frame and say he's like your blocking receiver, but like yesterday you guys motioned him into the backfield and lead block on an inside run. Like, what is it that makes him capable in that arena? Yeah, I, look, number one is willingness. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the number one factor. Uh, in that is you got to be willing to do those things. And, and I think he's, I think he's tough. I think he's competitive. I think he's willing to do whatever we ask him to do, uh, you know, to try to help us win. So, uh, and I appreciate that about him. Are you able to take us through what happened with the challenge? It's hard to tell from up in the, up in the press box. Yeah. So, um, well, A, we didn't get a great view of it. And I got a view of it right prior to the snap. And, you know, I threw a freaking lob up there rather than just slamming it on the ground and and didn't get it out in time. Um, and it was really – I was basing it off of one look that I got on the Jumbotron what, right before the snap, and it looked to me like he had the ball in the left hand, and it's where the ball crosses the sideline. So I thought he was short. Um, but we really didn't have a good view upstairs. And, you know, if I'd have done a better job of just – you know, getting it out and throwing it on the ground rather than this freaking lob I put up there, uh, we might have gotten it. Well, we're talking about officiating. What's the don't get me in trouble. <laughs> I don't think I will. All right. The, what's the threshold where a rugby punter forfeits the ability to be rough? Yeah, it's kind of like the it's it's kind of like the quarterback when 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 he's on the move and and throwing the ball. He's got the two step protection. Uh, you know, you can't hit him in the, you know, head or neck area. Um, you know, I, I think I think we got to. I, I just I want to I want to get 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 with the league on that and and have them kind of explain to me what they saw on that play. Um, you know, you can't go in in there and just, you know, um, the thing that I thought is I thought it was I thought it was a little I thought it was a little late. I thought it was after the two steps, um, and so. Um, We'll get an answer from the league on, on you know, what, what they thought. Yeah, that, that, that he's talking about the Headley punt where they ran into Headley on the punt and then Blandino, who's the official who explains away the rules, they just create them as they go that, that they couldn't penalize the guy from running into Headley on the punt because he had a rugby-style punt. He went into a rugby-style move, and that's why they couldn't penalize. So the guy could spear him. And knock him on his backside, knock his helmet off. But he was in a rugby style move, so he was. I mean, even Dennis Allen doesn't even know that rule. I'm gonna have to. Hey, he tried to explain it, and then kind of say, well, "I'm gonna have to get the NFL to kind of explain to me what happened during the game." I asked the family members. I said, "Hey, man, I've been watching this game for a very long time. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that. 
And I'm like, and I didn't ask people. And I thought about, I was like, who has an, uh, uh, an up-to-date NFL rule book? Who, who has it? Who has a full up-to-date NFL rule book? The point is they could be pulling, they pulling these rules out of their backside. That's where this is coming from. A rugby style move. What would you talk rugby style move? A rugby style move. It's he ran into the punter. It should have been a penalty. Oh no, you see, it was a rugby style move. And when he did that, see, you can basically it's the first and only time you go out there and drop kick his ass. As long as he's doing a rugby style move, you can do anything. You clothesline him, man. You can you can do the smackdown on him if you want to. You can, you know, you whatever you want to do, that's your time to do it. I mean, the dude gets ran over and he doesn't get a, a, a it's a rugby style move. I'm like, family, y'all ever heard of that before? Nobody never heard of that. Even Dennis Allen, he said, I'm going to have to get the NFL to tell me what the rule is. <laughs> and they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, we thought about that uh, five minutes before it actually happened. So, yeah, that's the craziest thing. We just thought about that move, you know, that right before y'all game started. You know, we can't, they're just making, they're pulling them out of their backside, like the tuck rule. People was like, what, what, what tuck rule that started the, the, the Brady dynasty? The tuck rule in the Raiders game. Oh, they're like, well, it's the tuck rule. He did it. Y'all pull, y'all made that up, man. And that's the point. You can't, you know, nobody has an uh, up-to-date NFL rule book where they can check these rules. Blandino ain't gonna say if you if you go to page number 25, subsection, uh, paragraph three, subsection A, uh, a uh, you'll see it listed in there. He don't do none of that. He just tell you where you see it's a rugby style move. Man, these people making that stuff up, <laughs> making it up as they go. Prime says karma will get DA and Allen for disrespecting James. Ain't no doubt about it, man. If you, if and listen, the rib injury announcement is coming out of the mouth of Derek Carr. He's saying that now, why he's saying that now, as opposed to saying it when it happened, who knows, I, you know, why say it now? Then, then maybe to garner some more, some, uh, I guess some more sympathy for him going into this season for the rest of the four games. Well, you know, he, 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 he is playing with four, with three broken ribs Q. So kind of have a, maybe it's that, I don't know what it is. All I know is he shouldn't be playing with three broken ribs, a torp shoulder and two concussions in 21 days and a part tree, Jennifer tree. I just think it's a, it's a silly thing. Thank you. Prom. Appreciate it. I want to say thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that with that that tuck rule, man. That that's they made it up. Y'all know they did, man. Just like this rugby rule. You said all these teams are around five hundred. Have you given much thought to what it takes to break out? I don't know if that's the right term, but what it takes to elevate from that. Yeah, look, it really takes, you know, everybody doing their job, and it, I mean. It sounds simple. It sounds cliche. It sounds whatever you want it, whatever you want it to be. But that's really what it's about. It's about you know um, consistent execution. And um, um, because you know in our league, it's the, the the these games come down to one score, much like mo- most of the games that we've played end up coming down to one score. And so you know a fundamental, a technique, a, a you know, a play here or there makes makes the big difference. So, um, yeah, it's not some miraculous formula that that you know kind of puts you over the top. It's really just 
you know, coaches, players, everybody doing their job at at uh, at the level that's needed to be done at. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I see any, anything that, you know, um, uh, of significance that, you know, that we're seeing the same plays over and over. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I'm seeing a, a, a lot of that. And yet, and yet it's pretty standard in our league in terms of, you know, the run game, you know, they're going to. Uh, we got a lot of the, you know, stretch zone running game, you know, crunch as we call it because they brought the tight end back to seal the edge, you know. So that was a big part of what their running game was, you know, this week. And we've seen that play throughout the course of the season. Um, it's pretty standard in our league. I, I just noticed that uh, – I just noticed or know that the Saints running attack, at first you can kind of look at it and say – that it was a, you know, a product of scrambling quarterbacks. You know, you have, whether it was Josh Dobbs or whoever else you can think about that was scrambling around um, uh, the kid from Green Bay, Love, or whoever, whether it was Baker Mayfield, whoever was scrambling around on the Saints, you add the rushing yardage with the scramble yardage, and it usually puts them, you know, plus 100, you know. And slowly you've seen over the last couple of games that they're, you know, the quarterback scrambling, you know, played a part in the, in the, in the, uh, the Panthers game, but not so much in the Lions game. But I think he had like 50 yards worth of scrambling yards, but in the end, 200 yards um, on the Saints defense against with Carolina is it's troublesome. Now, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm happy for the win, but this is something that's going to pop up when you are playing teams that are a lot more uh, capable, you know, a lot more talented than a 1-12 team, you know? So, I mean, I, it's just this, the, the – because this – think about it like this. The Saints used to hang their hat on stopping you from running the ball, and really that was the start of this year. We used to stop you from doing that. Now, all of a sudden, we are not doing that at all. People are gaining a lot of yardage on the Saints. 200 yards rushing on the Saints last game against, you know, the last matchup we just had. So, I mean, that has to change. Something has to change because both of our starting interior defensive tackles are there. Saunders and Shepard are there. We've seen Pete Werner and Demario Davis are there. So. You know, I have to look at the tape and see what's going on, but that has to stop, man. If we're going to win some games these next, because really, truthfully, the Saints need to win all these games, to be honest with you. Dennis Allen talked about having small room for error or slim room for error. You really need all of these games, including you. it's a must win for both these matchups with Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Those are must wins. You have to beat them, depending on where they're going to be you know, when the season gets toward toward the back end. But a Rams win and a, a a Giants win helps the Saints. They really need to win all of these games to help their playoff chances. If they can do that, they'll get in. But, I mean, you 
you I don't know if you get in, you know, with two and two. I don't know. I, I think you you really kind of pushing it a bit. Losing to Tampa, losing to Atlanta early on, and losing to the Vikings, losing to the Packers. Teams that were the Green Bay team was a young team. We should have beat them. You let them come back. You was up 17 and nothing. They scored 18 points in 11 minutes to win the game. Stupid. Minnesota didn't have Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson, and they still beat the Saints. So when you are playing teams that are missing their best players and starting quarterbacks, you're supposed to beat that team. And now – you don't have, and, and listen, he said slim room for error. I'm going to be honest with you. The Saints have no room for error. They, if they have, if they want to di- take destiny in their hands, they have to win all of these games. I'm just going to keep it a buck with you. They have no room for error. Dennis said slim. They have no room for error unless they praying and hoping that Atlanta and Tampa Bay lose. But if they want control of the, of the playoff, of the playoff destiny, they have to win all of these games. That you done squandered away all of your, your your margin for error. You didn't got rid of it. Losing the Green Bay, losing the Tampa Bay when you were supposed to be Tampa Bay. It wasn't all that. You know, couldn't put up scored nine points, three field goals in the Tampa Bay game. You know? So I mean, it's just, you know, and you can go over other games, and say, man, Q, they should have won this game, they should have won it. But losing to teams that's in the NFC. Like Green Bay and Minnesota, those were supposed to be wins right now. Losing that first matchup against Tampa Bay, that shouldn't have even been a loss. They should have beat Tampa Bay. That was sloppy and ridiculous. Even the Atlanta game shouldn't have been a loss if it wasn't for the pick six that ultimately decided the the, the, the outcome of the game. 